Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod with Ron and Adam from the side of the road, somewhere on the planet. Well, welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod. We're here in Phnom Penh at the Cafe Noir, if I'm correct. <laughs> and uh, um, if you're wondering where Adam is, he's gone exploring CM Reap. He went up to Uncle Wat on a motorbike yesterday. We've had a couple of days off, so you're stuck with just me today. Uh, but I do have a very special guest, and this is an opportunity I didn't want to um, pass up. Um, and the other day, we had a big... A rugby activation with our friends at Child Fund Rugby and with DHL. Yeah. Um, it's the first time I've had any uh, interaction with Child Fund here in Cambodia. It's been wonderful to be back in the city. Um, but I met a wonderful woman who was refereeing some of the rugby. And as we are cycling to the Women's World Cup in New Zealand, um, and we've got the whistle, we thought it'd be too good, as I said, too good an opportunity to pass up. So, Safan, am I pronouncing it correctly? Sapon. Sapon. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod. Thank you. Um, it's been a tremendous pleasure to meet you the other day and to watch your enthusiasm with what you refereed the game and just to see the, the passion for the sport um, here in Cambodia. Oh, so, I love uh, it. I love it. Yeah, so I think my first question, and just to get the conversation going, is how in the world did you end up refereeing rugby in Cambodia? It's, it's kind of like a funny story and like a long story as well. Like We I, have time. We have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, um, I'm from the NGO, like, it's called like organization. And then, and then NGO, um, and that time I only see the boys, like, play the rugby and stuff. That's like, I never seen that game before in my life. And I was like, what was that? How old were you at the time when you first came across the game? 17. Okay, okay. And then... I feel like old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're talking to a very middle-aged grandpa here. You can. <laughs> and um, I see the boys playing the game, and then they don't have like the girls team yet. So the the CFR they start to have like, the girls team in the end of 2005. And CFR is a Cambodian Federation yeah, yeah, of Rugby, yeah. just for those listening. And but like the first time we play touch. Okay. And then. We start playing touch for a while, like a year, two years. And then one of our coaches, like he's from New Zealand, is really good. It's called it's Andrew. And then in, two, in the end of 2010, not in the end of 2009, the guy asked me like, hey, do you want to be a referee? I was like, mm, I know nothing about referee, but sure. And then we have like, they have like a they had a competition called that time, like a song called 10. And then. And called 10s. Yeah. yeah. And then we got a referee from England, Hong Kong, Thailand. They come here to do the game. And then I just start to be a tight chat face. Like, know how to run. Yeah. How, what you have to look at, some like of that. My first tight chat, it was terrible because. <laughs> Because when they do a try, I raise the flags up, uh, yeah. and then all the players like come to me is like, "What was that?" I was like, "I was like, it was a try," <laughs> and and then I got hit by the player as well, like on the sideline. You got hit by a player? No, it's not like they hit me. Just like they was like, come to the sideline, hit me. I was, and then I was like, in the mud. I can send you a photo. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they knocked you over into the mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, so and then in in 2010, I tried to play and ref at the same time. Okay, yeah. at and the Encore Tens again, which, like which a, is during the season. Just like a season. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it, it was 
it was too tiring. I was okay. like, no, I'm not going to do both because it's really tired. So I decided to like, do a ref. So the first year uh, we got support, me and one of my guy, we went to Hong Kong to get by one referee and then come back. We do like a full-time referee and stuff like that. But it was, I was still like scared and, yeah. oh, it's, it's just like the scared time of my life. And, and what, what, why was that? Was it just because, because it was something so new it, and just so... Yeah, it's, it's new. And then also, like, I... The, 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 that guy, he did the referee for so many years. Yeah. But it was my first time, so uh. I was like... You know, you had to make decisions and stuff like that, and then all the players just, like, talk to you and stuff like that. So it took me a year to be able to confident. And every time I the play come to me, I'm like, nope, back off. <laughs> nope, don't talk to me and stuff like that. Yeah. So... After a year, is it was fine for me. And did you? Were you always? I mean, obviously, as a referee, you have to have a certain level of confidence, um, not just in your knowledge of the game and um, your understanding of the game, but also in yourself as a person. You know, you need to be authoritative. You need yeah. to sort of. Did you growing up and before you started refereeing, um, were you a, were you a confident young lady? Were you a confident woman, or did was this something you had to work on in general? I would say not really, because um, I grow up. With the NGO, with the organization. Yeah. But it's not like a fully confident, but it's like we got some stuff from the school. Yes. So I learned some stuff from school, but also like being referee, being with the with the, with the player, with the sports, it's, it's helping me a lot, like yeah. knowing people, speak language. Yeah. And um, basically it's just like, a, like apply to your real life as well, like how you be your confident, yeah. how you make yourself be a better person, you know? Yeah. Because like in the game, like you have to control the game. Yeah. Not just being a referee, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I give you a yellow card, yeah, I give you a red card, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like that knock on order. say to people like, oh, you do this, you do that. It's just like how the way that you control your game. Yeah. Because like people look at your games. So your game, good or not, it's up to you. Yeah. Because you're the one who control it. But also at the same time, like, the way you talk to the players, the way you treat the player, the way you see the player, how to play, the, what they're gonna play. It's, it's, I, I just, oh, I love how to be a referee, I love it. But that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that teaches you so many good life lessons yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of the rugby field or off the yeah, rugby field. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just going back to um, that transition from being a, well, so going back to when you first started playing rugby, um, and, and, uh, and certainly in South Africa, Traditionally, rugby's been very much a boys' sport or a men's sport. Um, what was that sort of first step like to go and – was it quite intimidating to go to your first rugby training and to start playing touch? Um, or did you, did you find everybody being quite welcoming when you initially started? We, we, we was the first team. Okay, all we right. We was like the first team ever. Yeah. So, but being, being a, like a, a Cambodian player yeah. is really hard because the – it's – Asia. So yeah. every time a girl plays sport, it's just like, what are you doing? Like you're supposed to be like take care of the skin, uh, you need to be awake, and you need to be like home, blah blah blah. I was like, and I I, I got so many fights with my mom about like playing sports. So you? I got so many fights with with oh, my mom. Did you? To play sport because they're not approved for girls to play sport at oh, all. Any sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really tough that time, like when, when girls like play sport because. As you say, all these preconceived ideas of. Being Asian, you know. Yeah, what, oh, and also what girls should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
and then and then time by time like I just like you know like when you try to ignore like your mom what they, what they say <laughs> yeah she just like so it is fine but once you started playing and she, and she could see you were enjoying it and you uh, obviously you know getting a lot out of it did she did she change her mind a oh, little bit then no not really not she's really. still like complaining but like less complaining you know like okay. because I just ignore her oh right okay so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's fine but the first time oh my god Oh wow! You sort of uh, <laughs> disgracing the family, like <laughs> just like that. Well, it's so hard for you know, me to put myself in your shoes and imagine that. You know, I was brought up in a country where, in the circumstances where, it was almost expected to play sport yeah, and yeah. encouraged to play sport from but, but the youngest also, of ages. Yeah, but also like I have some friends like oh my god, they they got worse than me. Like they, the family like scold them, not allow them to go out and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can just explore that a little bit and just sort of explain to people. Who haven't spent time in Asia, or who, have, who look, who listen to that and go, "That's so crazy." Um, just, wh what do you think it is in the culture overall that um, sort of has meant that it has been hot, so hard for women to participate in sport? I, I think it's really hard for rugby because, like, all people know is like they don't know much about rugby. Yeah. They don't know how to play properly. All this is like, oh my god, you're gonna break your bone. Yeah. Oh my god, you're gonna pay for this. Oh my god, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. It's like. But it, it, I think it's any sport, even like badminton or a soft, like not really running sport, yeah. non-contact sport. They still got injury. Yeah. But it's just like about like the way that people see it, like oh how you play it, how you do it. But also like you being a girl is really hard enough because oh did you like my God, how can you find your husband? How are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do that? Yeah. If you not take care of your body and stuff like that, you're gonna break your bone. And also, like for the for the Asian people, like, oh my God, are you gonna have a baby? Like, it's stuff like that, you know. It's yeah. Just, I think about like you have to like knowledge people, but it's also it's really tough as well because, and I'm not blaming them because they from like after Khmer Rouge and yes. stuff like that, they know nothing. Different generation different and different generation, time of life. But yeah. also at the moment, like a lot of people like understand about like more sports or like options, how to play and stuff like that. But also at the same time, like being Asian is about like skincare and stuff. Yeah, like that. that's, that's a problem as well. Because at the moment, like it's really hard to find a girl like who plays sports. Yeah. Or like even play sports, you're being called like lesbian, gay. Really? And yeah. Stuff like that. Even me, like. Yeah. Being called for so many times, like, and even like my friend, they still think like I'm gay. <laughs> like. Just because you're playing sports. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, though. It really is. It's, uh, it's but it's just like the, the point is like just ignore people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you have. That's how you have to go through. No, just choose, choose to live really, life. Choose yeah. to live life in your own terms. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't really bother me at all because you're just being you. Yeah. Like people call you. People. Say, oh, but you say that, but I mean, I can imagine a lot of people who must be listening going like, it must be so difficult to do something. I mean, so many people I think live lives that other people expect them to live. Yeah. Um, and to have the courage to say, you know what, bugger you, I'm gonna live life on my own terms. I'm yeah, gonna go and yeah. play sport. I'm gonna do but, what I want to do. I mean, like I still have friends like, who love me and stuff like that. Yeah. But it just like they just like play around. Like yeah, yeah, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just not nice to hear that, you know. Like, yeah, of course not. Yeah. Is it just like? But also at the same time, like you just like ignore the negative thing. Yeah. But sometimes just like hit you so hard because like the, my first year being a referee. It's like I, I got bullied 
from players. I got like threatening and stuff like that. From the players or the spectators or both? Player. Right, yeah. And I was like, I don't scare you at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know like why you're doing this, but. And is that because you were refereeing, is it, is it for women players or men's players? Mostly I do, I do men. But yeah. also I think like because like you're just like being a woman. Yeah. Because like when I start to ref outside a country, people can come to me, like the player come to me because like they think they, they're big. Yeah, yeah. And then you are a girl. Because like I start, so I was like, what, 17, 18, 19? When you started refereeing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, a full one's like nine, 18, 19. Yeah. And yeah, it's just intimidated by player. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah you, weren't, you weren't expecting that. <laughs> the first time, the first yeah. year, it was, it was scared me so much. And then after that, like, but I saw in my head, like, oh my God, do I know the, do I know the rules? Do I know the law? Yeah. And then the player was just like, because in my head, I thought like the player know about the law more yeah. than a referee. Yeah. That's my first thought. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I start to do more and more and more, I was like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, nope. It's yeah. enough. So yeah, that's how you be like confident and, and stuff like that. But. It's, it's actually, it's quite, I mean, it's quite sad because in rugby, you know, we talk about the values of the game and I think it really is a wonderful game. And the, we do, you know, have values that do seem relatively universal. And one of those values is respecting the referee. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. And that's yeah. what you kind of expect from rugby. But um, when you hear you talk, when, you, when I'm hearing you talk about your experiences, it actually is almost, it's like disappointing to me that, um, that players look at you and assume, I'm just going to make an assumption that assuming because you're a woman, you don't know the rules and therefore that they can try and, you know, intimidate you into, yeah, yeah. into thinking. And it's really is, uh, yeah, just a bit of a sad indication as a man. They you know, try. Yeah, they try. So they try. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, and just to go back to that, um, when you went to Hong Kong, um, what sort of age, were you around 17, 18 when you went across for that first training? 2010. So I'm going to be like 20, something like that. 20, something like that. And what was... That exp was that your first time in Hong Kong? That yeah, been yeah, to Hong Kong? yeah, my first time. And what was that experience like? I mean, obviously Hong Kong has a, a long rugby history. It's very diverse in terms of women and men playing the sport and youngsters and old people. Um, what was your experience there compared to, you know, just in terms of the women from a, from a refereeing point of view? Um, and there's obviously been quite a few women that have come through the system there in Hong Kong. Um, and did you feel quite supported? Did you feel... Um, it was a comfortable environment or was it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I do love it. But also at the same time, like that time, I don't really speak proper English mm. yet. And I met the guy there. Oh, I can't remember where he's from. Uh, it's called, his name is Bernard. That time he was like a referee. Bernard. Yeah. Okay. He was like a referee head. Okay. okay. Head referee down there. And... Um, yeah, like people are like so lovely and everyone was really supporting. And also like I got like a few games while we was there as well. Yeah. It, that was like my first game. Like a proper ref. Oh, yeah. And then I met I met like a few people. They're really nice, take care of us. Like me and one of my guy. Yeah. And um but also like uh, one of the girls, um, she from Hong Kong. She was like starting the referee at the same time with me. Okay. But I think she she's so much better than me now because they got more support. Uh, yeah. She got more support 
than me because here, I'm just by myself. Oh my, yeah, I'm gonna say obviously there's a, a really established union. They've got programs that have been running for yeah. decades. They've got rugby. I don't know how many hundreds of games happen over over a month there. There's just so much more opportunity, isn't there? Yeah, but here, like, I'm just like dying for the game. Like, it's it's, it's really it's really hard for me though. Like, every time like I'm, I'm asking for the game, I have to like contact people or like kind of like, begging you know, them like, hey, can I have a game? Or they like, just like say, oh no, we have a referee. All oh, right. But, I like my question is like why like because you being a woman or something like that yeah and what sort of in a I know we we had a very difficult time now with COVID but in a normal year in a normal rugby season um, here in Cambodia um, how much rugby is actually going on like how many you know what sort of there's obviously the Angkor Tens we've spoken about, um, and how much organised rugby is going on, and how much opportunity is there to actually put your refereeing skills to to good use? Tough question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's depend on though, like before COVID, like sometimes we have a team come visit from Vietnam, Thailand, Hong Kong. If the guy who used to visit here and they organise the team and they come visit. So basically, every time like we have a tournament, yeah, not a tournament like a, like a game in Ban Tour or something from outside, and they just call me like they just let me know like, hey, you want to ref? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, hundred sure, <laughs> percent, yeah. Or like, um, like, but normally I went to Saigon Ten. I never been in Bangkok Ten or Seven. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know. The girls, the women who organize the women's in Bangkok, yeah. so they invite me like for a couple of times now. It's a great weekend, though, isn't it? The yeah, Bangkok just, just girls, yeah. yeah. And also, one of the, the guy I know, they do like a tournament like in around November and stuff like that as well. October. Whereabouts? No, I think maybe September. I can't remember the day. Oh, in Bangkok. In Bangkok. It's called like OSBC, something like that. Okay. So. Basically, I just like talk to the person I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, do you know someone? You know someone and stuff like that. Yeah. Because no, like anything, I mean, if you want to be a better rugby player, you need to play more rugby. If you want to be a better referee, you need to be yeah. you need to referee more. Yeah. If you yeah. want to be a better teacher, you need to teach more. Yeah, whatever it is in love. It's just like because like in, in in rugby, like referee, like you have to do a course like every two years. Yeah. And the last time I was like did a course was like 2012. That oh, was my last time. Oh wow. But um. And I assume they don't offer refereeing courses. Does this... So for Hong Kong, the referee who've been to Cambodia, they they find the money, support me and the guy to go there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you actually have to go to Hong Kong to do the courses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then Sydney, I went to Sydney. All right. Because like one of the the guy, he 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 just passed by by accident, and then he come back helping us like to do like a referee and stuff like that. So he supported me to go to Sydney to oh, wow. level two. Okay. But I, I don't know how much was there, some of that, but he said it's, it's a bit expensive. Okay, yeah. So I want to do more, but it's just like about like financials. Mm. So basically, uh, it's just like need supporting around, you know, like yeah. because when you're here by yourself and you, when you try to reach people, yeah. But no one try to 
help you, you know? Yeah. Especially like people around your like your neighbor. Yeah. It's it's just tough. Uh, so you sometimes feel like you're swimming upstream, so to speak. Yeah, it's just yeah. you don't know what to do sometimes. Oh right. Yeah. You so desperately want to referee and so desperately improve and yeah. get be involved in the game. Yeah. And, and it's like but uh, but sort of same time, like it's so many times like I I just want to give up. Yeah. Like, and what I'm keeps done. you going? People like they say, like, oh just keep going, you know, like don't do this, don't do that. I was like, oh Yeah. It's, it's, it's so it's, hard and it's it's just tiring, Yeah. Like, when you got like negative thing, but also at the same time, when you got a negative thing around you, but if you got support, that's okay. But also at the same time, like negative thing, and then you cannot find anything to help you out. It just like keep like pushing you away from that. But also at the same time, like people around you, like oh, you know, you should do this, you got it, like something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh sure, I try it again one yeah. more time, and you just like. If if I looking back, it's like Jesus Christ, like almost like more than ten years. Yeah, it has right? been. Yeah, and it's like so many so much thing you're going through. You should not give up. You should just keep going yeah. and, and stuff like that. But, but yeah. Uh, and what is so? If I had to ask you, your ref, your if you just looked at the if you could just take a magic wand from a refereeing career. What would the next few years of your career look like? What would be your, your dream? Oh boy. Um, every time I look, I watch a, um, a rugby world cup, especially women, I see the referees like, dang. Like they, they're young. Yeah. But also at the same time, like they got like England, New Zealand, all the way over there from like France. Yeah. Because like they got like so much support, like, so many resources around them so it's easy for them to just like oh who should I talk to and other side of that yeah but it just like depends on you like oh you want to do it or not or like my dream is like I just like want to ref the game yeah in there so re referee a world cup game or like it's like a, any big tournament you yeah. know because sometimes like I see like the, the, the guys they ref women's game I was like Every time I look at the games, like, yes, I can do that. I can of do that. Of course you can, yeah. I was like, yeah, I can do that. But just like, it's hard. Like, you don't yeah. know, like, like, how can I get there, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you can't see it. What is your, if you look back at your refereeing career, what have been the best moments? What have been the most memorable? Obviously, it's taken you around the region. You've traveled from Hong Kong down to Australia to Vietnam to Thailand. Um, but what has been the what have you been what have you been some of your highlights? What have been some of the best memories of your career as a referee? I think like when a player come after the game, they come to me is like, "Good job." Thank you. Good job. Thank Something you, so yeah. simple. Yeah, but also at the same time, like for you, like as a referee, do you like your game or not as well? Yeah. Like, do I do a good job or not? But sometimes, like, I think I did a good job, but the player's like, "No, you're not." Uh, We're just like. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I think it's a good game. It's a good game, you know. Yeah. That that's that's that, that's like a highlight of every game. Like the player come out, like, hey, thank you. Good job. That's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's worth the efforts and it's worth yeah, the, yeah, the stress yeah. of it all. Yeah. 
Um, and tell me about some of the tournaments. Um, did you spend some time in Darwin as well? Have you gone refereed out there? I think Chris mentioned you'd been to Darwin before. To, to the sevens there? Uh, it's a tour, a ten tournament. So they got like a uh, senior and senior and um, old boys. Okay, yeah. I love it there. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like it's Phnom Penh as well. It's like a small city. Yeah. But like, I know the guy, the first time I met the, the team in 2013 in Chiang Mai. Oh, wow, okay. And then I have no idea at one point they came to Cambodia. I was like, I think I know you guys. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it's like, hey, you want to come to Darwin right after the game? I was like, that's an easy decision. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's really like a really funny experience because like the first time I went to Sydney, I got like a visa straight away. Like I applied like Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. I got like a Thursday morning. Oh, right. But when I went to Darwin, it's, I, got, I got a visa just the day before I fly out. Oh, wow. So the stress of how long was that before, from the time of applying to the time you're getting it? Like a couple of weeks. Oh, right. Oh, no, that's very stressful. Yeah, because I got so like uh, the first time I went to Sydney, I applied straight away to the embassy. Okay. But now they moved to like the office somewhere. So you have to contact through the office. And then I need a paper, like, you know, straight. Oh, right. Who you there with? Why you go there? Proof of this, proof of that, yeah, proof yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I love it there. I love the tournament. A lot of people there. They're really supportive. Yeah. And then the last time I was there was like 2020. Okay. <laughs> I I got out before, like a week before they closed the, the border. Oh, wow. Okay. You yeah, could have been like, stuck in Australia for two years. Oh, yeah. Your, your accent would even be more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I guess people listening to us might think we. We're, I'm, I'm talking an Australian, <laughs> but it's just being being around bit. Australians and around the game of rugby. Um, but it's uh, but yeah. So when you started refereeing, I know. Sorry, going back to that, you reminded me to ask you the question. Um, growing up, you didn't you hadn't learned much English. English. Yeah. I, d- I did learn from school. Like yeah. I I learned French before I learned English. Okay. Um, but. English is so hard to learn. Like yeah. so many. Gr- oh, I, 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 I always felt like English class, and um, but I think I learned English like from like listening music. Oh right, okay. But also like when you start come out, especially like with the rugby, you meet like different type of people, especially the accent as well. Oh yeah. my god, it's sometimes like you you don't know what they're talking about. Just yeah. like by listening. I don't them. understand Australians half the time. <laughs> As an, as an example, now. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, just like it's like traveling, yeah. meeting people. Yeah. That's like forced you to how how to speak English, though. And I guess some of the refereeing manuals and the, those things are often in English as well. The term, the yeah, yeah. all the things. Yeah, but I mean, I, I hats off to you because I mean, I've I think it's often you need to be immersed in a country or immersed in a place or immersed in a situation yeah. where you, when you're kind of forced to learn the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I'm born and brought up in South Africa, learned English at the school. Oh, well, sorry. I was obviously English my first language. <laughs> I learned just, you know. But I feel, and but everybody who learns English tells me how difficult it is. Um, and it makes me realize how lucky I am that I was born in an English-speaking household. You guys sounds like, uh, yesterday when I talked to 
No, the day before, right? Yes, yeah. Is it yesterday? No, two days ago, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like talking to Adam. He sounded yeah. like a little bit like Australian, like 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 the first. Yeah. And then like after that, I can use Asian. Like, yeah. What's up? Yeah, it's it, it's a real yeah. That's the thing is English has all these different accents, um, and yeah, as I say, Australian can sound very different to somebody from England. You can sound very different to someone from America. Uh, so it really is. And you know, I did meet a uh, when I, I cycled through Iran a couple of years ago, a man, an Iranian guy who had the thickest Man- Manchester accent ever. I said, well, if you live in Manchester, he'd never left Iran, but he got he picked up English and learned English really really well from watching football on TV. So yeah, watching yeah, the pre- yeah. all the premiership, the English commentary, and he had this perfect English accent. <laughs> it was just from watching sport. Uh, uh, yeah, because yeah, I so say I've you know I lived in Thailand for a few years, and you know I probably you know pick up you know played in the Bangkok tens a few times, and uh, actually played in the Angkor tens a couple of times as well. I never guess like you're from South Africa. Wouldn't you? Yeah. No, I never. Yeah, so it's just yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Well, my point being, I was just so embarrassed how little I can speak of any other language, and here I am <laughs> speaking to someone who learned English or picked up English and really only started speaking it in their adulthood. So, um, and just uh, yeah, just sorry, just coming back to um, uh, can we talk a little bit about Child Fund Rugby yeah. and how much you've had to do with them uh, and what you know about them and. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, just what do you all like? I mean, obviously, it's been a, they, they arrived and started their program in Cambodia in the last sort of 18 months or two years, and it's a, obviously a really difficult time to start anything. Um, but for me to see those coaches on Tuesday, um, majority female, at least 50 50 female male coaches, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, during the last 18 months, they've learned rugby skills, they've learned life, coach, life skills that they learned to teach. And just to watch their confidence on, on Tuesday, and Chris was saying how nervous they were. This was like their first big event and things like that. Um, but I was just so impressed. Me too. Like, re- me too. Honestly, it was amazing, eh? It was, it was incredible to see. Like, um, so basically, I know Chris, like, since 2006. Sorry? I know Chris. Yes. Since 2006. Like, we had a, tour, like, uh, a competition when I was, like, started play. Okay. Back there. Because like they travel between like Cambodia and Laos and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, but I I doesn't really know much about Chafan. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't really know much about about it. And then, um, in March, we have a we had a um, the training. So it was March twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yes. No, twenty twenty two. Like last month? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, this March. Yeah, this, this March. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought you meant last month. Are we 2022? Yeah, we're in 2022. Oh. Sorry. I said 2021, I'm confusing it. <laughs> in March this year, a month ago, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was incredible because, like, um, they asked me to join, like, uh, the training and stuff like that. And we got… Um, this is the coaches training. Yeah, coaches yeah. training. And we got two ladies from Philippines. Um, they both like one of the one of the ladies she see her playing and gave like the training and stuff like that and it was incredible like meeting them they're really amazing and it was my first time doing a coach like this because I hate being a coach I do <laughs> hate it <laughs> but when I did the training that time Especially with, with meeting those girls and boys, oh, it's really like changed my mind. Like, oh wow! Yeah, I want to do it because like 
it, it, it just like makes you feel so good when you see them like really happy and they learn a new thing. Yeah. But also at the same time, like learn how to live your life as well. Yeah. And seeing them doing that is really impressed me because like every time when they was like, oh my God, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. Yeah. And then when they start to do it, done. Confidence is just there. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I always tell them like, don't worry too much. You yeah. Know? Take it easy. Enjoy yourself. Just do it. Don't worry too much. Yeah. The problem is not there yet. The problem is there. Figure it out later. Yeah. And, you, and also remember that you know hundred times more than the people that you're coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you'll always improve. So yeah, uh, yeah. And what I mean, it really is just to see young people like that. Also, just getting such an amazing opportunity to be involved in something which benefits obviously their yep. communities. Um, and it's for me, it's just to see like the sport which we obviously all love, rugby, and um, being actually used for positive social change. It's uh, it's it's really was very very impactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, and just you know, just to see, I think it was maybe twenty of the coaches there yesterday. Um, and you know, you look back at. I've been, you know, known about child fund, well, pass it back in our child fund rugby the last few years. And as Chris keeps on saying, it's a long process. You need to be patient. And uh, in a country like Vietnam now, where they've had like 2,000 young people yeah, yeah, going yeah. through the program, hundreds of coaches across Vietnam and Laos, you just go like, this is the start. This is the, these, these 20 young coaches here in Cambodia come back in two years' time. There's going to be 60 or whatever it is and come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And then the ripple effect, the impact that that program has on them then the impact that those coaches have on the young people in their communities, the impact that has the follow through into their wider communities and some of those young players eventually becoming coaches. It's just this ripple effect, which is just, it's amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's, uh, anyway, I was, I was very, very inspired. And, and, yeah, yeah, uh, me just too. really, really, really just, uh, yeah, I just, it makes, you know, we were lucky enough to get this opportunity to go and cycle. Yeah, between yeah. Tokyo and Auckland and you know sometimes it's tough with all those frustrations with COVID and things like that but you can see where the people that are going to benefit at the end of the day and it really makes you yeah, makes yeah. it much easier to get up in the morning yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you see it in action like that so um, anything else you, on your mind you want to talk about refereeing anything that you sort of just want to get off your chest in terms of of uh, rugby here in Cambodia or rugby in Asia or things you're looking forward to the upcoming World Cup I assume you're going to watch it yeah for sure yeah for sure. who's your favorite team who will you be shouting from uh, not sure anymore okay because like there's like a lot of things like change for the last couple of years how they play okay so I don't know I support the winner <laughs> <laughs> come on give, give some, we, we need some supporters South Africa needs some supporters I so. don't know like is I it's it just depends on like how they play, like you know. Yeah, the style of play. Yeah. Yeah. I. You're gonna be laughing at me, like though. Um, I always support Wales. Wales, okay. But the last. Ugh. Struggling at the moment, eh? Yeah. And I see the Black Ferns. They're, I mean, as a host nation, I mean, they've had the most incredible last few years of of being unbeaten and just winning everything in front of them, and all of a sudden they've having a bit of a wobble in their yeah. World Cup year. And England, I see, you know, dominating everything in Europe. So it's going to be, yeah, it's not going to be easy for... France as well. France, 100%, yeah, 100%, Ugh, yeah. So tough. Uh, well, South Africa is actually playing France in the opening game. And um, I know, you know, South African women's rugby is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was a couple of years ago. There's been a lot of 
lot of resource put into the game and a lot more attention given to the women's game in South Africa. Yeah. But it's still so far, you know, it, it's so late that, we, we, that South Africa is sort of coming to the party. So, yeah. uh, But I, we have met one or two of the, the South African ladies and they are certainly not, not just going to New Zealand to be part of it. You know, they want to go there and compete. Mm. They want to go and try and cause some upsets. Uh, but it is, a, as you say, a very, very tough opening game to play against yeah, the French yeah. team that's full of confidence and the men's team's full of confidence. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah, we're going to be up against it, but surprises always happen now. Eh? Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah. some upsets and hopefully, from a South African point of view anyway, hopefully South African cause a couple of upsets down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and will you be able to, I mean, obviously through the various uh, streaming services and things like that, you'll be able to watch most of the games. It's a relatively good time zone here in, you know, for Cambodia being in the same, sort of same, roughly the same hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I'm sure, um, anyway, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, Me too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're a couple of, six, four, five or six months away. And, uh, anyway, I really wish you all the best for the coming months and years in your rugby career. I really hope you get more, starting to get more opportunities. I really Absolutely. hope that, uh, yeah, some of your dreams and, and aspirations for the game come to fruition. Thank because you. Because I know you've been very, very dogged, very, very determined. Um, you've had to climb over a million hurdles and face speed bump after speed bump after speed bump but you're still going your perseverance and grit is inspiring yeah and uh yeah thanks so much for your time and sharing your story it's massive appreciation thank you all right so that's another episode of the race to rugby world cup pod um yeah i'm actually getting you're getting goosebumps just sitting here it's been a real real treat and yep i've got my own goals and dreams out of this conversation as well so let's see what happens um until next week until the next episode of race to rugby, or race to rugby world cup pod thanks for joining us next thanks time adam will be back with us um if you like this episode please share it with your friends tell them all about it and um, there's some inspiring stories from cambodia please share them with everybody if you don't like it reach out to us and tell us how we can improve um, and we're having a lot of fun doing this, but we want to make it valuable for people as well. And of course, Child Fund Rugby is the reason why we're doing this. Please go to our website and donate where you can. Uh, it's an incredible organization doing amazing things for young people in the region. And all we can do is ask for your support. So thanks again. Until next week. Cheers. Thank you. Cool. <laughs>